Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So these are the stories that we learned as children. Uh, many of you heard the stories that we're talking about during this series at school. School teachers would huddle you around and talk to you about these accounts. And then uh, some of you uh, learned these at bedtime. Your parents would pull you in and tell you these stories. In fact, some of you are probably telling your children or at least your grandchildren these same stories. They taught us what we called morals, the moral of the story. But without knowing it, I think they also taught us some spiritual truths. And so we're going back into these fairy tales and we're looking uh, at some of the more familiar ones, the ones that you may know well, and let's see if we can't dig some spiritual truth out. So here's this one this morning. Once upon a time, every good fairy tale starts with once upon a time, right? Once upon a time, there were th three billy goats who were, up, who were to go up to the hillside to make themselves fat, and the name of all three was Gruff. On the way up was a bridge over a cascading stream they had to cross, and under the bridge lived a ugly troll. Every good fairy tale has an ugly troll. With eyes as big as saucers and a nose as long as a poker. So first, uh, all, uh, first of all came the youngest billy goat gruff to cross the bridge. Trip, trap, trip, trap went the bridge. Who's tripping over my bridge, roared the troll. Oh, it's only I, the tiniest billy goat gruff, and I'm going up to the hillside to make myself fat, said the billy goat with such a small voice. Now I'm going to come and gobble you up, said the troll. Oh, no, pray don't take me. I'm too little, that I am, said the billy goat. Wait a bit till the second billy goat gruff comes. He's much bigger. We'll be off with you, said the troll a little while later came the second billy goat gruff to cross the bridge. Trip, trap, trip, trap, trip, trap, went the bridge. Who's that tripping over my bridge, said the troll. Oh, it's the second billy goat gruff, and I'm coming up to this hillside to make myself fat, said the billy goat, who hadn't such a small voice. Now I'm coming to gobble you up, said the troll. Oh, no, don't take me. Wait a little bit till the big billy goat gruff comes. He's much bigger. Very well, be off with you, said the troll. But just then, up came... Big Billy Bo Goat, man, that's hard to say. Y'all want to say Billy Goat Gruff three times fast. B big Billy Goat Gruff. Trip, trap, trip, trap, trip, trap went the bridge for the Billy Goat was so heavy that the bridge creaked and groaned under him. Who's that tramping over my bridge, roared the troll. It's I, the Big Billy Goat Gruff, said the Billy Goat, who had an ugly hoarse voice of his own. Now I'm going to gobble you up, roared the troll. Well, come along. I've got two spears, and I'll poke your eyeballs out at your ears. I, I've got besides two curling stones, and I'll crush you bits, body, and bones. And that's what the billy goat said. And then he flew at the troll and poked his eyes out with his horns and crushed him to bits, body, and bones and tossed him into the cascade. And after that, he went up to the hillside. There the billy goats got so fat they could scarcely, were scarcely able to walk home again. And if the fat hasn't fallen off of them, why, they're still fat. And so strip, strip, no, snip, snap, snout. 
the tale is told out. Man, that's a hard one. That's a tongue twister, right? But we learned this. So let me teach you some lessons this morning, and then I'm going to point you to some scriptural background for the lessons that I want to teach you, if you will. Lesson number one. These are important. I hope you learned them when you were in kindergarten, but I doubt it. Because we learned them, but we didn't apply them spiritually. So I want you to learn these lessons and apply them spiritually this morning. The first lesson is this. You must learn to recognize when the battle is bigger than you. I already started preaching. Y'all think I'm still telling fairy tales. See, 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 the, the smaller goats realized that they were not equipped to fend off the troll by themselves. Some of you in this room right now are battling and fighting battles and wars that you were never intended to fight by yourself. So, so, some of you are taking on battles. You're, you're trying, to, trying to go to war and you're, 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 you're uh, running onto the battlefield, but you were never intended to go to that battlefield by yourself. So, some, uh, see, see, some of you are taking on too much. You're shouldering too much weight. And I need to tell you this morning, some of the lessons I've taught you in the past is that you do have a part to play. Uh, the fact is, is that God requires us to play a part in our own deliverance most times. I've taught you that, 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 that you, you have these things that you must do to participate in your miracle. I've taught you from Scripture that God says he will train your hands to war. All true. All of that is true. But I want you to understand this morning that all of that truth must be applied after and only after. We've learned to trust in the one who is able. You see, I couldn't get any help, uh, but I just need to remind you that we are called to participate, but we must also put our trust in the one who is able. Well, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't just train our hands to war and then throw us to the troll and then leave us all by ourselves. Uh, he wants to be, he wants to participate. He wants to be active in the battles that we're called to fight. I need to tell you this morning, he's with us. I, I just need to remind somebody this morning that we call him Emmanuel, God with us. He doesn't leave us alone. He moved into our neighborhood. He put skin on so that he would learn what it's like to be us so that now he's with us. He's with us. He's with you in the battle. He's with you in the fight. He's with you in the war. You're not all by yourself. Yourself, so why are you trying to fight the battle all by yourself? I'm concerned that too many of us trust more in our ability with his power than we do, put, than we put our trust in the one who gave us the power. I, I, I need to say that again. Too many of us failed to defeat the enemy, not because we haven't been given power, but rather because we trust our use of that power more than we trust the one who gave us the power. I'm preaching right now. Some of you have accepted some power from God and now you think you can take on every battle, every scheme, every war all by yourself and you wonder why you keep getting defeated. God, you were supposed to have given me power. Yeah, but it's not your power. It's his power. Our trust must be placed in the one who gives us the power. We must recognize that some battles are too big for us to 
to fight all by ourselves through Christ. I can do all things. We want to go around quoting that. I can do all things. I can do all things. I can do all things. We better quote the rest of it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The only way that we have the ability to fight the battles and win the battles is when we put our trust in the one who gives us the power and the authority necessary to win. I can't get no help in this house today. I'm just going to have to hurt myself, I guess, pray, preaching myself happy. Okay, so that's lesson number one. Lesson number two, big battles are necessary. Come on, everybody say necessary. Big battles are necessary. Come on, say necessary. Because some of y'all don't like big battles. I like big battles and I can't, that's a different song. Okay. Uh, big battles are, I couldn't help myself. Big battles are necessary. See, some of y'all don't know because y'all been sheltered all your little life. Uh, big battles are necessary. In, uh, see, some of y'all have to inform your neighbors right now. It's Education Sunday. You don't need to know. All right. Big, if they don't know, don't tell them. They don't need to know. They don't need, they can't handle it. All right. Big, big battles are necessary in order for us to have a proper perspective of the one who is coming after us. That's real good. I wonder how many of us in this room right now would no longer allow the enemy to defeat us and stop us and intimidate us and freak us out and scare us if we could ever remember who's with us. Oh, come on now, see, see. I want you to notice, go back to the fairy tale, I want, just for a moment, I just want you to notice something. I want you to notice that uh, first Billy Goat Gruff and second Billy Goat Gruff, why do you want to say boat? Billy Goat Gruff, neither one of them, although they ask the troll to wait, neither one of them responded in fear. In neither, in neither one of their stories did they go, oh, I'm so scared of the troll. No, they just said, hey, there's somebody coming that you need to wait on. Oh, come on now. So, so, so some of you are facing uh, the biggest battles of your life. Can I just let you in on a little secret this morning? Some of you need big battles. Some of you need a big battle in your life. The reason that God is bringing and allowing and positioning you in a place of a big battle is not because he wants to destroy you and not because he wants to hurt you and not because he wants to shake you up. The reason that many of you find yourself right in the middle of a big battle is God is trying to help you to get the right perspective of our God. See, the size of our fight frames the perspective we have of our God. So, 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 so if, you don't, if you didn't have a big battle, this is what many of you would do in this room right now. If you, didn't, if you weren't facing what you're facing, if you weren't facing the financial shortfall you're facing now, if you weren't facing the sickness you were facing now, if you weren't facing the, the, the relationship issues you were raising, you were, you're facing right now, then, then you would have a little bitty perspective of our God. Oh, magnify God with me. I need you to recognize that in the middle of big battles, we have the tendency to recognize that we serve a really big God. When I'm facing little stuff, I just stump my toe. I don't think about God's bigness and he's big enough to help my toe. But man, when I'm having a heart attack, I have the, I have the perspective necessary to recognize that if my God is bigger than any heart attack, bigger than any virus, bigger than any sickness, bigger than any bankruptcy, my God is big. How do I get that perspective? Big battles. 
big battles. Oh my, he's, he's my promise keeper. He's my way maker. He's the one that can walk in. You don't learn that when everything's going right. You don't learn that when your bank account's full. You don't learn that when everybody loves you and thinks you're the bag of chips. No, you don't learn all that. You learn that when you're smack dab fighting for your life. And all of a sudden you go, you know what? God is bigger than all my problems. Come on, we need to sing an old song. God is bigger than all my problems. We got to get a proper perspective. You do that in big wars, big battles. Some of y'all got a little bitty vision of God, a, bit, a little bitty uh, uh, image of God in your mind because you ain't faced nothing yet. Just wait. Just wait. The day's coming when you're going to be having to fight something that you can't fight by yourself. And all of a sudden, you're going to go, you know what? I need a bigger God than the one I've been thinking about. i got to have a great big God that's mighty and strong and well able to bring me out. I need a big God. So, so where do you go? Where do you want me to go to take you in Scripture? Where, where could I take you in Scripture and show you Billy Goat Gruff? Where in the world can I teach you the two lessons out of Scripture? Well, let me just start maybe in Exodus. Maybe, maybe I ought to take you to Exodus when Moses and the children of Israel have escaped Egypt. We sang about it this morning. Maybe I need to remind you the situation they were in. Maybe I need to remind you that there was nowhere to go. They, there was no way to escape. They had escaped from Egypt. They're running for their lives. Pharaoh changes his mind, decides he likes them too much. Yeah, he wanted to work them to death. And he's chasing them with all of his chariots and horses and these once slaves are are now free, and they've got the Pharaoh behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. Yeah, that's a big battle. And all of a sudden, Moses steps up when there's nowhere to turn, and he steps up in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, and he says this, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptian whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. And then the Red Sea parts, and the enemy of the Israelites are, are destroyed and swallowed up, and Israel is saved. Can I tell you what's happening? The goat is coming. Uh, can, can, can maybe, I, maybe I ought to take you into Deuteronomy chapter 3 when the Israelites are headed for the promised land and the scripture says there's a troll that they, they encounter. They're, they're, they're making their way to the promised land and a troll shows up. His name is Og. Go look it up in De Deuteronomy chapter 3. His name is Og. That sounds like the name of a troll, doesn't it? His name is Og, the king of Bashan. He hears them crossing his bridge. There wasn't a literal bridge. They were coming into his land. I'm in, okay, stay with me. All right, so Og shows up. You got to understand who Og is. Og, most scholars believe that he is the last living descendant of the giants. Ha. In fact, if you read in Deuteronomy chapter 3, the Bible says that he slept on an iron bed that was, uh, it was 13 feet, 13 and a half feet long. Andrew could have slept in this bed. And it was 13 and a half feet long, and it was six feet wide. He was a giant, and he's a troll. Not only that, Og controlled the whole region. He had 60 cities. The Bible says that all 60 of his cities were fortified with tall walls and gates and locking bars. But Moses steps up, and in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 2, listen to what he says. The Lord, however, said to me, don't be afraid of him, because I have already given him his whole army and his land to you. And with the power and the strength of the Lord, Moses and the children of Israel destroy Og's entire kingdom. What's happening? The goat's coming. 
Maybe I ought to take you into Joshua chapter 10. Because in Joshua chapter 10, there are five enemy kings, evil kings, wicked kings that combine their forces. They get in a side room and make a deal. They sign a treaty with one another, an alliance with one another. And they make up their mind that since Joshua and the children of Israel have never been defeated and they're casting out all the inhabitants of the land, maybe we ought to combine our forces and show up and destroy this, 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 this army of Israelites. And all of a sudden, Joshua, when he's facing an insurmountable enemy and an army that he cannot overtake by himself, here's God in Joshua chapter 10, verse 8. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And all, the, all of a sudden, the Bible says that God, Joshua marches all night long with his men. They're worn out. And he shows up, and all of a sudden, the Bible says that God confused the enemy. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that great hailstones begin to fall out of the heavens and begin to destroy the enemy. And all of a sudden, there's this great victory won. They didn't have to do anything because the enemy was ambushed by God. What's going on? The goat's coming. The goat's coming. He's about to show up. Can Maybe I ought to take you into the New Testament where John the Baptist shows up and he recognizes his role. My role is I'm supposed to draw attention to this guy that's coming after me. All my, all my role is is I'm an attention grabber. I'll walk through the wilderness. I'll walk into cities and say repent. But I, I've got a problem here, John. John's going, I got this problem. There's this, this, this problem called sin that I can't help you with. There's this problem called the devil that I can't overcome for you. But then John steps up and he says, there's one coming after me. In Mark chapter 1 verse 7, he announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. The goat's coming. The goat's coming. There's one coming after me that can handle what I can't handle. There's one coming after me that can destroy what I cannot destroy. What's going on here? The goat is coming. Maybe I ought to take you into Romans when Paul steps up and he declares in Romans chapter 31 or chapter 8 verse 31 through 9. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Indeed, he will not spare, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him freely give us all things? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is the one who will condemn? Christ is the one who died, and more than that, he was raised, who's at the right hand of God and is making intercession for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? What troll can challenge us? What troll can mock us? What troll can defeat us? What troll can talk us down? What troll can intimidate us? What enemy of our life can scare us to death? What troll has the ability to cause us to say, I'm not enough, and the one that's in me is not enough? There's no troll. He goes on, he says, will trouble? No, that's a troll. Will disease? No, that troll won't work either. Persecution? Nope, just a troll. Famine? Nope, that's just a uh, troll. Nakedness, danger, short as it is written. For your sake we encounter death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we have complete victory through him who loved us. For I am convinced, listen to this, I am, you want to talk about trolls, I am convinced that neither death nor life 
nor angels, nor heavenly rulers, nor things that are present, nor things that are to come. What's coming next? I don't know what variant's coming next. Something's coming next. Something's coming down the pipeline, y'all. Something next is going to come and try to talk us down. Something's going to come down the pipeline next, I can promise you, that's going to try to make us huddle up in this place in fear. He says, things that are present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The goat is coming. The goat is coming. The goat is coming. Some of you need to look over your shoulder when the enemy's coming against you because somebody's coming right behind you. The goat is coming. Some of you feel like you're being set up as a satanic snack. You need to look over your shoulder. The goat is coming. Some of you are fighting for your life. You're in a life and death situation. It's a struggle. You're fighting addiction. You're fighting fear. You're fighting depression. You're fighting sickness. But the goat is coming behind you. Lesson number three. Lesson number three. Lesson number three. You must recognize that when the battle is bigger than you, that doesn't matter. mean that the battle is too big for the one that is coming after you. Y'all ain't ready for me. Just because the battle's too big for you does not mean that the battle is too big for the one that's coming after you. And may I tell you this morning, he's got a voice that is filled with authority and power and any troll that rises up with a voice of accusation will be silenced by the one that's coming after us. The one that has the power. He's got all power. He's got all authority. And just because the battle seems bigger than you doesn't mean the battle's too big for the one coming out after you. So I just need to tell you again, the goat is coming. You say you calling Jesus the goat? Yeah, I know he's the lamb, but this morning he's the goat. Y'all don't know? Goat means the greatest of all time. It's an acronym, greatest of all time. He's the goat. He's coming right after me. What's he coming for? He's coming to provide. He's coming to protect. He's coming to heal. He's coming to set free. He's coming to rescue. He's coming to deliver. He's coming to save. He's coming to fight alongside you. He's coming to crush our enemy to bits, bodies, and bones. So why don't I quit? Why won't I give up? Why don't I throw in the towel? When it gets hard, why don't I say I'm done? Why don't I say that's too strong for me? Why don't I just lay down and die? Why don't I just say that's a death sentence? Why don't I just throw up my hands and say nobody can help me? Because the goat's coming right behind me. And I know if I just wait out long enough that the one who has all authority, he owns the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He has the ability, so I keep fighting. Why aren't you quitting? Because the goat is coming. The goat is coming. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord strong in battle. The one that is the rescuer. My strong tower. My shield. My buckler. The one who will step out and fight for me when I can't fight for myself. There are moments in my life where I've just had to pack up and say, come get him, goat. I can't handle this anymore. I've done all this stuff. I've prayed all I know to pray. I've fasted all I know to fast. I've read all I know to read. I've, I've talked to all my advisors. I've posted even on Facebook and I don't know what to do. Nobody's got a solution for me. And now the enemy, because he thinks he's got me backed up against the wall, comes storming in like a, like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. He's not the lion. We've got a lion. He's like a lion. And he tries to shut me up and shut me down and push me off the bridge and capsize my life. And all I can do is put my back up against the wall and say, devil, you just gotta wait. Don't mess with me. There's somebody coming after me. And 
and he's the greatest of all time. He's undefeated. He's unquestioned. There is no rival. There's not even close. There's not even a second one that's close. He's never even been touched. No mark has ever even touched him. He doesn't even have a scar on his body that says the devil even. You say, well, he's got scars on his hands and feet. I get it. He does that to remind us that he can overcome what marks us doesn't mark him. What hurts him, us, doesn't hurt him. He's bigger. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what the enemy's thrown up against you. Some of you walked into this house this morning, and all week long, there's been this little voice, and it's a gruff voice, and he's been saying stuff like this. I got you. I got you. There's no way out. There's no way out. I've got you backed into the corner. You can't escape this one. You've always escaped before, but I got you now. I'm coming to gobble you up. Some of y'all heard the enemy say last night before you went to sleep, you heard the voice in your own head say, I'm coming to gobble you up. That bank account's going to gobble you up. That worry's going to gobble you up. That anger is going to gobble you up. That bitterness is going to gobble you up. And all I can hear when I was about to go to sleep last night was trip, trap, trip, trap. And I hear the gruff voice of the greatest of all time saying, I got him. Don't worry. I got him. I got him right where I want him. I want you to recognize that you can't win by yourself. So I, I allowed him to back you into this corner so I could show up on your behalf and I'll show up on time. And now I'll get the glory. You can't get the glory. Somebody help me this morning that's ever had Jesus show up right on time to fight your battles. Can I get anybody that's ever had the goat come behind you and kick the devil's tail one time for you when you didn't think you were going to be able to win all by yourself? Can I, can I, can I, can I get a, can I get a witness? Come on. Is there anybody that would you say, come on, would you just begin to whisper this in your own The goat, it's coming. Could you just, could you, out of the depths of your spirit, could you say, the goat is coming? Out, out of your own heart, could, could you just begin to testify? Come on, talk that little voice down. The goat is coming. The goat is coming. The, come on, touch your neighbor. Touch your neighbor and say, the goat, the goat, the goat is coming. So, Father, you know, this morning in a room this size, you know, in a crowd this size, there are people in this room that feel like they cannot win. God, you recognize, I know for a fact that there are people in this room facing challenges and battles that in their own strength, they are doomed for destruction. God, there are things in, in the lives of people in this room who are headed off the cliff. They, they, they can't seem to turn it around. And the enemy has whispered to them and they're beginning to believe it. It's over. You'll never win this fight. You'll never be free. You'll never be able to break, the, break this bondage. You'll never be able to see these chains broken in your life. You just got to learn to live with it. You just got to limp through life. But this morning, I pray what you would do in this moment is we would hear the sound of one who has the voice of authority and power and that voice would begin to speak louder than the voice of the troll in our life and we would hear that voice say I got you I've got you I'm your way maker I'm your promise keeper and even when I don't see you and even when I don't feel you I know that you're still coming behind me and you're going to work on my behalf and you're going to work all things together for my good so I don't have to respond in fear. I don't have to respond with intimidation. I don't have to respond by freaking out. All I got to do is stand still and wait for the goat to show up in my behalf. 
in this moment. If you're here this morning and you say, Steve, that's me. I'm facing something I don't think I can win. The enemy has convinced me and now I'm beginning to believe it. I don't think I can win. I'm not sure. I, I've, I've tasted victory in moments before, but in this particular situation, I don't know if I can win. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can overcome. Come on, be honest now. We got to be honest. The two goats that went first were honest. They didn't have what was necessary to win this battle. If that's you, with no one looking around, will you raise your hand this morning? Yeah. I'm not sure I can win this one. You can put them down. So, Father, you saw the hands, multiple hands that went up. We're past this moment of surrender where where we need to surrender to you. We've already surrendered to doubt and fear. And we're not sure we can make this one. And I pray in the name of Jesus that right now you would begin to rekindle hope, faith, trust, I pray that even in this quiet moment, we would give up giving up. We would quit quitting right now. I pray that somehow in the depths of the spirit of every person that raised their hand, that said they're not sure they can make it, I pray that in this moment right now, strength, the still small voice of Jesus would overtake every doubt and fear. And all of a sudden, we would begin to believe again. And all of a sudden, we would trust again. And all of a sudden, we would keep fighting. I pray a fight would come up in us. I pray a war would rise up in us. And we would make up our minds that even though it looks bleak and like there's no way to win, we know, we know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every voice that rises up in accusation will be silenced. That is the heritage of the righteous. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. I know you'll come through every time. So I allow the voice of Jesus to override the voice of the enemy of our soul. I ask you to produce strength in us Again, come on, Seth. Would y'all sing something that would help us let this rise up in us this morning? Let it rise up. Is that who he is? Get a proper perspective this morning. He's coming. 
that part one more time. what we know in the depths of our spirit this morning is one is coming who has everything we need to win. And so we wait on you. God, I pray for the people in this room that are fighting battles on their own that they were never supposed to fight. I pray that in this moment they would learn to wait on you. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Father, for those of us that have way too small perspective about who you really are, when you send us the big battle, I pray that in that moment our eyes would be open to how much power, how much strength, this is not close. It's not like the enemy of our soul is right there just below you in strength. It's not even close. This is determined. This is a fixed fight. Victory is assured. You are undefeated, unrivaled, unquestioned. You are the champion. You are the greatest of all time. And so I pray that you would open up our eyes to who you really are. And I pray for those that said they felt like they were already defeated. One more time, I pray that as they go through this week, when they hear the troll's voice louder than your voice, I pray this song would rise up in their spirit and they would begin to declare who you are. You're our way maker. You will part water that nobody else can part. You will bring provision that nobody else can bring. You will win victories. You will heal things that doctors look at us and say there's no hope because you're able. We put our trust, our faith, our hope in you, Jesus. You're the one. I know you know it, but I want you to hear me say it. You're the one. You're the one. There ain't nobody like you. You're the one. And I pray that we would remember whose hands we're in this week. I ask you to accomplish this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you touch your neighbor one more time and say, the goat's coming. Come on, tell him. The goat is coming. Come on, tell him. The goat is coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming.